0: Whatever. Would this technically be you know, cause World War One wasn't World War One, right? It was the Great War until there was another worldwide war and then it became World War Two, and then that actually called it World War One. So this was technically world wrestling world war two, the Wednesday night war, because the Monday Night War was the the first official one, even though the Monday night war goes back a little bit further. Yeah. But that was the first ratings war, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it goes back a little bit further than what everybody remembers, basically NWO. And then the 80, you know, 80 something weeks that WCW, but that war, that Monday night is when it finally came to a head, but it really started when NWA at the time, Decided to put a free Clash of the Champions on TBS to compete with uh, WrestleMania on pay-per-view.
1: Which WrestleMania was that?
0: It might have been four. I think it was four.
1: Oh, okay. Wow, that far back.
0: Yeah, it it goes back there. But that was obviously well before the Monday Night Wars. That might. I mean, that actually was before Monday Night Raw even even existed because. You know, WWE had Monday night locked up for a while. They just had primetime wrestling with Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, which is basically just a clip show Mm -hmm. of matches that they would show from the house show. It's just like, let's go see... You know, Macho Man versus George the Animal Steel at the Boston Gardens. Right. You know, Isn't
1: it funny that you really didn't realize it was a clip show till way later? Yeah. Years later? Yeah, exactly. I just always assumed it was all live. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. That it was happening, and then they would just cut to the studio audience, and then... Uh, right.
1: I just assumed that this was going on oh, right man. now.
0: Yeah. It's like you had no idea. But that was... I mean, they already had Monday already locked up. But that was when... Once that pay-per-view stuff started popping, and I think it was four, and then like, let's just compete for free before we actually go on pay-per-view. To me, that was when it was just like, oh, this is really war. And that was before Ted Turner owned, you know, because it didn't become WCW until Ted Turner bought it. Right. You know, he bought out Jim Crockett Promotions, which basically was the main vein of what the National Wrestling Alliance was, you know, because obviously they were a bunch of different promotions, but that was the main one. And it was already, it was shooting Atlanta and, you know, that studio show. And then he just basically bought that because he realized that it was getting in wrestling.
1: Right. And didn't he have, he had a rivalry with Vince, right? That's oh why yeah. He because it.
0: they called that black, black Saturday. Do you remember the black Saturday no, story? So no. basically what later was known as WCW Saturday night was basically just world championship wrestling was the name of the show. It wasn't the name of the promotion. And that was basically everybody knew if you're, didn't want to watch WWF in the morning, at night, on Saturdays, and on Sundays at 5.05, which was cutting back then. Like, not at 5. It was 5.05. I
1: remember when the shows were yeah at 5 after the hour. Yeah. Why was that?
0: I don't know the, the reason for it. I know after, later on, when they ended late, it was something to do with ratings. I don't know why the late start. Yeah. But anyway, so what happened was when Vince started taking over, you know, the territories... He actually, Ted Turner was a TBS, he owned the, sh- the station, but he didn't own the, the wrestling yet. And he actually let Vince buy out that time slot. And then Vince basically showed up. Very similar to fast forward into the future when Shane showed up on you know Nitro and say, I now own this. It was that equivalent. Just like, wait a minute, that's the WWF announcer, Vince McMahon. Why is he on t b s where's n w a and then they basically turned it into like a clip show like very like what primetime wrestling was is just like let's go to adorable Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch in the streets of New York and then they were just kind of showing that like Adrian Adonis showing Dick Murdoch around the streets of New York and how tough it is, and then they showed like dr D David Schultz, you know how he was in his house, but like not and people obviously like where's n w a so they were big that's why it was known as black black saturday i don't oh. remember how it ended but it basically uh nwa got that time slot back so and i don't know if that was to me that was the first shot of just like of wwe versus wcw that was way back in late 80s that was well before the attitude era so the war goes back it, it goes deep yeah <laughs> so there there was already history there
1: yeah, I didn't realize it went that far. Yeah,
0: so that's why when they call it just like the wrestling wars is like that was the first to me. That was anytime that's covered, even in the in WWE, you know, on the net, you know, Peacock now that is just like they don't really ever get into the war started well before that when Vince started taking over all these territories. You know, Crockett was one of the one of the strong ones because yeah. he had like the Ric Flairs and he had all these guys that were could carry this
1: yeah and it was sort of a, an alternative to WWF it at was. the time. it was it was not um it was not kids wrestling
0: no it was mm-hmm. it wasn't cartoony and that's right. what like anybody who was a fan of like any other different southern wrestling they called wwe cartoon wrestling yeah and, no. then, they, and then they made a cartoon and then they had right. the hulk hogan's rock and wrestling right yeah. the saturday morning cartoon mm-hmm. it's just like that was big uh you know but they were just like you know, very similar to world-class championship wrestling. They were already doing a lot of the stuff, you know, also known as just, like, more of the tough... They had that tough Southern wrestling. So the WWF stuff didn't really play to, the like, a lot of people. I, I think they talked about, like, they lit up, you know, the switchboard phone at the time of just, like, where's my wrestling, Yeah, you know, that was on there. So, you know, fast forward, I think it was around 1991 is when actually... Ted Turner decided to buy uh, NWA and he rebranded it WCW. And that's when the story as WWE tells it, when the war started. Because, you know, you have that interview, the famous interview with Vince McMahon talking. He's like, yeah, I got a call from Ted. And he's like, Vince, Ted McMahon, I'm getting in the wrestling business. And then Vince is like, that's great, Ted, but I'm in the entertainment business. You know, so it's just like that tune. That's when it was... But, and it was a big deal at the time, right? Because Ric Flair was there, and then they started to like try to like. And I think he just bought it to like retain his ratings, you know, and just not like you know. It's tough to run a wrestling promotion, and uh, having worked for worked for Jim Crockett when he actually bought out Global, and they try to relaunch. NWA at the Sportatorium in Dallas, and it mm-hmm. just, it it didn't work. They wouldn't let me, they didn't say, you're no longer Rico Suave, you're Jeff Gretler, and you're going to go out there and you're going to wrestle 30 minutes, you're not going to wrestle 10 minutes, you're not allowed to go off the top rope. You know, they started putting like all these rules to try to make it feel like old school wrestling. Yeah. And I can tell you, those matches are different and they're in a way they're a lot harder like that was the first time that I I felt like I actually blew up like I I I feel like I always had decent stamina like you can keep going but like just like having somebody like holding you you know by your neck for like 15 minutes even if it's not like at full capacity you're still limiting the amount of oxygen going to your brain and I remember I actually had to I just walked to the back, and then I walked right outside, and I just like in my trunks, all sweaty, and I was just like, I think I'm going to pass out. And I just like sat in the parking lot, and people were just walking by like – and to me, they are just like, oh, yeah, he got his ass kicked. We saw him in the parking lot. He couldn't <laughs> even breathe, and it was true. I couldn't – I was just like – I couldn't catch him, and I was like literally uh, – you gave him a great show. I must have because it was just like – I was just like – that was the first time I was like, oh, man, I'm doomed because otherwise it was just like I'm used to like boom, 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 just going – like you didn't have time to register what it was doing. And and I lost that match to rugged rod price with a a half Boston crab. It wasn't even a full one. It was only like one of my legs, but it was enough that I was just like a tapped, but I was just like, I just remember I was going to pass out. But the problem was, it's just like, it was real enough where it was just like, if you ever watch a real fight, unless it's just like, it's two people who don't know how to fight and they're just swinging, uh, you know, UFC is going through this right now. It's boring. You know, it's just like it could yep. be like it's like a chess match. And mm-hmm. just like if you have like, you know, that was the whole reason wrestling became a work is just like you had the George Hackenschmidt match that lasted over like, you know, an hour and a half because they were too good and nobody was going to beat each other. So it was like we need to game this a little bit to actually make it entertaining. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, but like <laughs> I don't think Crockett was able to keep up with the times. You know, it's just like, and I think that's when he sold to Ted. He actually had an ice cream business that his family ran. And he went back Jim to that. Crockett did? Yeah. So I don't know if it was Crockett ice cream. I don't know. But he had, he went back to that, but then he tried to get back into wrestling. But I think Ted Turner bought it just because I don't know if Crockett could keep up anymore. Even though he had all the talent. I mean, he had great, all the Hall of Famers, you know, the Road Warriors and Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Dusty Rhodes, those were all those
1: guys there. Yeah, WWF was just blowing up, though, in the mainstream. Yeah,
0: so they had trouble keeping up. So. They had
1: the, the MTV crossover appeal. They did, the you rock and wrestling,
0: which, by the way, it's, it's, a, it's a real slap in the face that Cindy Lauper is not in the celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. Even Why though- is she not? I don't know. It's ridiculous because she did give birth to the rock and wrestling connection. Because I yeah, remember she watching was the
1: original rock and wrestling yeah, connection.
0: It's just like I remember watching. It's just like wait a minute. Was that Captain Lou Albano in a Cindy Lauper video on mm-hmm. MTV? Did you see that? And it's just like how do you not have her in there? That doesn't make any sense. That's to me. That's like the biggest celebrity. Wing slight—that's up there with Bruno Sammartino not being in the main wing for as many years—is as, as not having Cindy Lauper in celebrity. Considering she's like the first real mainstream celebrity, other than like Muhammad Ali, she was a non-sports person that was actually accepted into the wrestling business.
1: So why why is Ozzy in the Hall of Fame? So
0: I, I mean, Ozzy actually has like a storied history. He goes all the way back to like WrestleMania Two. Like he's he was actually went to the ring with uh the British Bulldogs, WrestleMania two, yeah, like way back there. So, and I think after that, you know, Triple H, obviously, you know, he, it's pretty clear if you watch NXT, he has a love affair with heavy metal. He's a metalhead. Yeah, he's totally a metalhead. But I mean, uh, as time went on, Ozzy did make a lot of different appearances on there, and he did. He cut a lot. Let let them use a lot of original songs for pay per views. Okay. So it did go back there, but again, like he was another one that I can't believe it took that long because I mean. That was WrestleMania two. That was nineteen eighty six. Yeah, and it's just like, and now it's twenty twenty one, and they finally get that was a slight, not as big as slight as Cindy Lauper. Yeah, but it's just like it was a to me, it's a slight. But anyway, we digress. We we, we, we come back to that. <laughs> Ted Turner had that small window between like nineteen ninety one and nineteen ninety six ish. Right, it was just like he was still running it. Yeah, but wrestling was on that downtime. That's it, when I was in it. So I think I was holding the business back. That was my, <laughs> that was my time in there. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're you're welcome for the attitude error because I left and that's when it picked up again. <laughs> I was holding it back. I apologize, but anyway, it was just like both to me WCW and WWF were struggling at the time. And then if fast forward a little bit, and then Eric Bischoff comes into the picture. And yeah. then he's like, wait a minute. It was just like, if you're going to try to compete, even though you're going to try to compete with WWF, you got to make it look, stop making it look so Southern and make it so look regional and make it a little more mainstream. And then he got Hogan. And then that's when it started steamrolling. And that's when he's like, let me compete with Vince on Monday nights, which is traditionally... WWE night going back all the way to before Raw in the early 90s to WWF Primetime Wrestling. He owned right. Monday nights. Yeah, they had the
1: owned Monday nights yeah. from Primetime. Um but why what was the end of what was the WCW show before it went to Monday Live? There was none. There was none. It was so sa- they launched it was, the, it was new show. yeah,
0: it was Saturday. They were not on Primetime. That was they were only had their WCW Saturday night was their only oh, show. Oh, that was their only yeah.
1: show. Okay, so I remember at the time because around that period I was a little disconnected from wrestling, you know. Hadn't followed it in a while. And I remember I got pulled back in because of WCW. Because Really? Yeah. Because um I uh heard uh who was it? I think it was when I heard about the NWO. I was like, Oh, Hogan turned bad, that's crazy. Oh wow. Let me let me let me take a look at this. Then I started watching and like, it was like, oh, this is cool. Like, it was yeah. different. It was new. It was, it was like I, never, I hadn't seen – I hadn't – you know, you you think of wrestling, you still remember the Rock and Roll Wrestling 80s. And this just seemed like a very 90s product. And oh, was, absolutely. I, and I was into it. And I liked all the, uh, you know, uh, Mexican wrestlers they had in there. It was a cool show. Um, yeah, that pulled me right back in. so And
0: understandable. And that's why Eric Bischoff, who also just went in the Hall of Fame. Because yeah. it's just like – Eric Bischoff was around from the 80s, too. Like, he was an announcer for AWA, which ran on ESPN at, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoons, which later Global became, like, the afternoon wrestling show. But he was one of the announcers. So, like, I remember you know, Booker T telling one of the guys like, hey, cause he had just went to WCW and like, Hey, you know, who do I talk to up there? Who's running? It's just like, well, you need to talk to Eric. Eric Bischoff is running it now. And I remember thinking the AWA announcer it was just like, it, it was almost that same moment that you had when you realized Vince McMahon, the WWF wrestling announcer is actually the owner like Eric Bischoff is. But if you, you watch that, you know, his hall of fame speech or any of his podcasts, He's a smart businessman. Like he, he truly is. Like he was running, he ran it like it was going to be a worldwide television product, not a regional wrestling show. You know, and it wasn't just like the Jason Hervey connection that he had. <laughs> you know, the tie in there. Like you can tell, he's just like, let's bring in the wrestlers from Japan. Let's bring in wrestlers from Mexico. Let's make this look a little bit real. You know, let's. It got really. He he skewed towards real. Yeah, and that's when wrestling is at its best is when because look we have to suspend our belief. I say that all the time on here. We have to suspend our belief. And it's easier to suspend our belief when you start skewing towards real. And that's when he hit you know, it was real enough that when he stole Hulk Hogan and go there, but Hogan still came over and was cartoon Hogan.
1: Right. Right. He was a Hulkster instead of Hulk Mania. Yeah, exactly. Copyrighted by WWF. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And Marvel. But like he still came in as that. So it wasn't working, but he was trying all this stuff. And then it was just like, then he's just like, I'm, I signed Scott Hall, you know, Razor Ramon. And then to me, it was just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. He he started breaking the rules, you know, rules are meant to be broken. He's just like, you're going to be Scott Hall, come in through the audience. We're never going to call you by name. But just by the way he acted, it made it look like WWF was invading, you know, WCW. Yeah. And they hinted to that and they never said it. And he let perception be a reality. It skewed towards real. I remember popping big, you know, and I was even in the business at the time and I was like, holy shit, what are they doing? It's like, what's happening right now? And then Kevin Nash comes and everybody knew that the click were really good friends. They just had the curtain call. So you knew he was leaving but you didn't know he was going to show
1: up and Did then, you see that first episode live when Scott Hall came absolutely. over? You were watching that? Oh yeah, I was watching yeah.
0: it live. Well, I watched it uh Yeah, I watched it at my with at my tag team partner's house like remember us watching it and I had missed a little bit of it and he was taping it on VHS and like he called me and he's like you have to to see this. Hold on, I'm going to rewind it. So we waited for his wine. I was like, what's going to happen? You know, and I remember and it was just like, holy shit, what is happening here? But, and yeah, and it just worked and it just, like, it skewed towards real. There's just like, wow, he just stole these guys away. And then he started doing stuff like you know, giving away their you know, since they WW Raw wasn't live anymore. It it was live for a while when they first started. They were doing a very ECW style show. Right. You know, the, the small at the Hammerstein one of the ballrooms, and they was live. But then they started traveling again, and then it was just like then they went back to that old habit, right? That old, it's like, well, let's just tape three weeks worth of TV here. You know, and they started going back to that. But now the difference is, the internet was still young, but it was it was easy enough to get rating, uh, actually results. So they started reading the results. Don't change the channel. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and that was big. Just like, oh wow. So I mean, that's that was like a legit war. It's just like, wow, this guy's like legit trying to like ruin. You know, trying to put WD at a business. Right, just trying to put, them and around. they
1: were vulnerable at that time. They were very vulnerable. They were, they were not the global empire they are now. They, no, they um, weren't. They were struggling to find an identity. They still had all the cartoony gimmicks from the '80s coming out. They did. It's I like mean, whatever, whatever odd job you could think of. Oh yeah, make the, the gimmick.
0: The plumber, and they had the, you know, uh, <clears throat> one of the guys from Dallas came in. He was the goon. You know, he was actually. He was a cowboy gimmick. Oh man, I can't believe him. I forget his name. I got hit in the head too much. But like he came and then like, he was like a hockey goon. It was just like, well, what is happening here? It was just like, yeah. but they forced them to like this isn't going to work. You can't compete with that. And that kind of gave birth to that attitude error, which made them start winning the war back. And then they literally made it look like a war, right? It was just like once DX got hot, you know, Stone Cold was hot, The Rock was getting hot. And then they had the DX show up at a WCW arena in a tank. In the tank, yeah, I remember that. Just like, and Eric Bischoff, one of his biggest regrets, he's like, why didn't we just let them in just to see what happens? This is live TV. He's like, I don't know why at the time I told him don't let them in, but thinking how I think now, we should have let them in. He said it would have been historical TV. Yeah. And it just like, it would have closed because even some of the wrestlers, like, man, at the time WCW had Meng. Haku, like one of the known toughest Samoans in the business, that would beat up multiple guys at the same time, on and him and the barbarian, which I think believe is cousin, that probably could have just like destroyed most of the WWE locker room at the time. He's like, wait, we got these two like legit wrestling enforcers. Yeah, open the gate, see what happens. And then at the same time, it's just like you knew, you know, Hunter and you know X Pac and. You know, Razor and Diesel—they're best friends, so they weren't going to fight. You yeah, know, they were all making money because of this, so they're smart businessmen. So it's like, yeah, why didn't you just open it just to see what happens? Yeah, but well, we know what happens, right? It's just like later on, after the, that first war ended, or WWF one, the war, you know, Shane showing up on Nitro and saying, "Now nah, I." I now own WCW even though they worked it into their gimmick but they had the first simultaneous cast right you had one McMahon on you know TNT and the other McMahon on WWE arguing with each other on the same show on both channels Yeah
1: that was big It's uh it's funny it makes me nostalgic for the old days of TV It was things were new like um Oh yeah If you think about it reality TV had just started a couple years before that so The idea that there was that you could, you know, sort of like see things happening behind the scenes or you were just like people were aware of cameras now. Right. Um, It was a new thing.
0: They're used to cameras now. But yeah, yeah, back then you weren't like having a lot of BTS, like even showing back to like a lot of BTS stuff that you're not used to seeing it. it, Like it looks unique Mm -hmm. where now you're used to seeing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Any of the like, they're always filming a documentary. This yeah. camera is always going. Yeah. At the time where that wasn't the case back then, you know, not every, not everyone had a 4K camera in their pocket either, right? Right. <laughs> so that made a big difference. But, but fast forward, right? So that, that was a lot for the great wrestling World War One. Yeah. But now, why do you
1: think uh, you don't have to? You don't have to do a whole documentary on it. But why? Why did WCW lose?
0: Oh, uh, they they got spread too thin and they stopped. They basically started signing guys just so WWF wouldn't sign them. And there wasn't enough. It was financial because of these big, huge contracts. And it was just everyone lost creative control. You didn't have one person running the show. So they didn't have one vision on where to go like they did in the beginning. Eric Bischoff should have stayed in that. It all goes through him. But then, like, Hogan had a say. You know, Nash, everybody had too much of a say. And I, from what I'm told, it was, like, a really competitive environment. So it was, like, keeping people down. You know, they had 50 members of the NWO instead of just, like, the core three.
1: There was a lot.
0: Yeah. they there got whole, whole, they, whole
1: NWO pay-per-views, I remember. Yeah, sold out. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's just, like, that was the main reason. It's just, like it burned the candle at both ends and they just ran out of, ran out of gas. And at the same time it's just like at WWF just had a better product. They had no choice but to make a better product. And I believe a big reason for that is ECW. They like they absorbed ECW. They did absorb ECW. They basically started Here's a cool rumor It's just like Vince McMahon was secretly funding ECW as like a pre Like, let's say a very edgy, hardcore, alpha version of what NXT is now. Mm. Paulie always had a great business relationship. You know, he's always been a part of it. And I think that had a lot to do with it. He's like, well, crap, if we have to go edgy, let's do what Paul's doing. Because basically, Heyman was doing, dude, it was just like, if you hear, that's a whole nother show of like hearing how they made those ECW shows in, you know, Paulie's basement, you know, with Equipment that are just like that they scratch together, and he was using non copyrighted. You know, he didn't have the copyright to this music, but it's just like when I hear the Pulp Fiction Mister Lou song, uh-huh. I think of Pulp Fiction, but I also think of ECW. What did he
1: use that on? Was that on a- one of
0: his ECW shows? I was living up north at the time, and he had a show on MSG on the Madison Square Garden Network, which is basically wow. like, well, this is like old school wrestling and it felt like that. And it's just like he was making his basement. The matches were great because they were heavily, heavily edited. He mm-hmm. cut the, you know, he cut the shit out of that stuff. And he made every wrestler he had over and make sense. He had no wasted movement on his shows. And it and it was so good and edgy. And Vince knew that and he saw it and do it. And then eventually Vince started taking some of the guys and just like, okay, I'm going to take him now, but I'll give you him. Like Vince has always been great about like the, the talent swap. Like I won't leave you without. So it's just like here, we just got, uh, we're going to send this guy back to you. You can use, you can borrow him. You know, Jerry Lawler was known to hate ECW, but then he was like, okay, you can borrow him for your show, you know? So they started doing a talent swap, but then eventually there's just like, we just took it all in. But that ECW edge, and then Mike Tyson and then Stone Cold and then The Rock and DX all hitting at the same time that nothing in WCW outside of like NWO and Goldberg was hitting and that was starting to get watered down is the real reason like they lost i think it was more than it was definitely death by a thousand cuts and not just one thing that finished them off uh but the fans won because <laughs> it was yeah. it was great it was great TV and it forced it and You know, it's just like, you know, you heard, you know, Mick Foley talking later on It's just like, Vince would get insulted when people like, man, you're just like, because the product started getting watered down again, because Mm -hmm. it's just like, you're just better when there's competition. And Vince would be like, get pissed when he hear that, because what are you talking about? It's like, he takes a lot, all these rivalries very personally.